When Moses came down from the mountain and read the law, the whole nation of Israel with one voice said this, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Now, they weren't always the most faithful to their word, but today on Rooted Daily, we're talking about the extraordinary thing that happened when Israel signed their contract with God. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where we're rooting ourselves in the Bible so we can grow with God a little more every day. I'm Brandon Laby, and over the last few weeks, we've seen God present the law to Moses, showing how God was going to redeem true Israel, make them his own people. We saw God speak the Ten Commandments to the people. The people asked Moses to be their mediator, to go up to God and receive the rest of the laws and tell those laws to the people. And the Lord tells Moses what to tell uh, the Israelites concerning this covenant in Exodus chapters 20 through 23. And in our text today, these laws are called the Book of the Covenant. You know, the law was not just a list of rules. This is a covenant. It's a promise. It's a promise that always pointed forward to its fulfillment. So let's get into Exodus 24, verse 1. It says, Now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. So, Moses came, he told the people all the words uh, of the Lord, all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. And Moses wrote all these words of the Lord, and he rose early in the morning, he built an altar at the foot of the mountain, 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of, of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant, he read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood, and he sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you, according to all these words. So, the covenant of God is read to the Israelites. God has presented this contract with a promise. And how do the Israelites respond? They don't counter. They don't try to negotiate. They're ready to sign. They say all together, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Exodus 24, 7, the, the Israelites are in they're, they're committing to becoming the holy nation of God. And because of that, God is going to promise to be with them, to be an enemy to their enemies, establish a kingdom for, for them through which the hope of the world will come. But let's rewind a little because this is such a good story of how this happens. In Exodus 24 verses 1 through 2, God tells Moses that Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Baihu, the 70 elders of Israel are going to come up to the mountain and they're going to worship from afar. But Moses alone is going to come near to the Lord. No one else is going to come near the Lord. Moses is the mediator. And remember, to love God, you need to respect his mediator. So only Moses can come near to God. Aaron, his two sons, along with those 70 elders, uh, they have to respect that they have to stay at a distance. They're, they're going to worship Yahweh from a distance on the mountain. And we're going to come back to that. But first, something really important has to happen. Verses 3 through 8 says, 
that the this covenant is marked with blood. Moses comes to the people. Uh, he tells them all the words of the Lord, uh, all uh, of God's just decrees. Uh, and the people hear this and they accept it. It's a covenant. It's a, a promise with a contract. And a contract has two parties. God is the first. The book of the covenant contains his end of the contract. Now the responsibility is on Israel to respond. And they sign on the dotted line. All the Lord has spoken, we will do and be obedient. They commit themselves to the covenant. So God gives them the terms of the covenant. The people agree. Moses then writes down all the words of the Lord, builds an altar at the foot of the mountain, 12 pillars uh, representing the 12 uh, tribes of Israel that have all committed to this same covenant, uh, builds this altar that represents the presence of God. Burnt offerings, peace offerings are are made to God on it. But look at what happens next in verse 6. Moses takes half the blood uh, from these sacrifices and he throws it against the altar. Then he takes the book of the covenant and he reads it again. And again, the Israelites, all of them affirm, they agree to the terms. They agree to the covenant. And then in verse eight, Moses takes the blood from these sacrifices and he throws the other half on all the people. Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. So first the blood is thrown on the altar. Then the law is read. Finally, The blood is thrown on the people. And Moses calls it the blood of the covenant. We've heard that term before, right? We know what happened here on Sinai is repeated. But instead of the blood of an animal, which was never enough, we need a different kind of blood. This time under the new covenant, God would offer his own blood. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Blood is the basis for the relationship with God. You know, here is the the law of Moses is being agreed to. God is teaching the people that the way to have a relationship with God, despite their sin, is through blood. The blood sprinkled on the people indicated they were now in a covenant relationship with him. They were now his people. They were marked as belonging to God. And blood is still the way God marks his people. Romans 3, 22 through 25 says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. And Romans chapter five, verse nine says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. It's through blood. It's blood that brings us into a relationship with God. Blood is the foundation of our covenant. And blood makes the new covenant possible just like it made the old covenant possible. In his first letter, Peter addresses uh, the elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, uh, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit 
for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. And what does that mean? Elect for sprinkling with his blood. Should we be baptized in blood, not water? No, this is a direct reference to this event here at Sinai. Once the book of the covenant was read, the people declared they would be obedient and the blood was thrown on the people. So when we commit, when we say all that the Lord has said we will do, when we commit to obedience in Jesus Christ, we have been sealed just as those people were sealed. We have been brought into relationship with God, belonging to him as his people and as his children. And so we are sprinkled with blood. And when we go back to Exodus, we see in verse nine, what happens when we do that? It says, then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, 70 of the elders of Israel. They saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and law and commandments, which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant, Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and her are with you. If any man has difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So, okay, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, the 70 elders, they go up, it says here in Exodus 24, and they see the God of Israel. They, they, they witness him. They see his presence. They see this picture of God with the earth as his footstool. It isn't that alone, just an incredible thought. They were able to come up the mountain and witness God. Now, remember back at the beginning of this study in Exodus 19, before God came down on Mount Sinai, God told his people, no one was to come near the mountain. If any person touched the mountain, any animal touched the mountain, they were going to die. You had to build these bounds, these fences to prevent that from happening. God is so holy, he is so mighty, that no one unholy or sinful can come near him. So before, uh, he said that only Moses, as his mediator, should come near. Everyone else should worship from a distance. But now, something's changed. The 70 uh, and Aaron and his sons are able to come close. What should have been fatal is a blessing. God should have destroyed them with divine judgment when they saw the Lord, but the blood of the covenant, the blood of the covenant made this moment possible. And that's not even it. Look at verse 11. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand, meaning he didn't kill them. So they saw God and they ate and drank. Not only did they approach God, they saw God, they ate and they drank in his presence. This covenant is marked with a banquet. You think about how often in the New Testament, Jesus is telling parables, inviting people to eat a meal with him or a banquet with him. Think what the, the symbolism of that 
Uh, it's happening here, inviting outsiders and sinners and outcasts. They were the ones joining in a fellowship meal with the Lord. And that all flows from this Exodus event. Through the blood of the covenant, we can commune and eat with God. For the Israelites, for a moment, the law made that possible. From here, God's people, they're going to set out to be a holy nation with a law designed to set them apart from everyone else. And for the rest of the book of Exodus, we're going to see them working through the pragmatics of what that looks like. Today, they signed the contract, but we know full well this isn't the end of their story. It's going to be a bumpy road. But on this day, the covenant and the blood brought them into direct fellowship with their creator. It's a relationship they would be trying to get back to for generations. There is hope. Moses was their mediator today, but he was just a shadow of the mediator to come. And now today for us, because of his new covenant and his own blood, once again, we can sit at a table with God and eat and drink. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content, you want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.